Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The mid position is absolutely stacked this year. There's going to be the odd cash cow in there. There's plenty of guys in this mid-tier value and then obviously all the guns up top and with a lot of people starting with Payne Haas and potentially one other guy that has a tiny bit of value up top that is a gun to add in the guys like Curran and, and the like in this video here it's going to be a very very full position and I don't think you can select all of them it'd be very very hard to do so you're gonna to have to miss out on, on one or two of them and then you know if things go you know poorly with with one of them you could do a straight swap and I think it's gonna be fairly easy to do things like that but firstly guys just a big thank you to everyone who watches all of these videos. I do really appreciate all of you guys uh, you know, turning up each and every year to, to listen to me uh, and all the love you guys show. It's uh, super, I'm super, 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 super thankful for all of it. So really, as I said, there's a lot of options in this section. It's going to be hard to go with all of them. And you may not want to, you know, may not even want to have a lot of these mid-tier guys just because of all the top guys that you could slot into and, you know, just get their straight out points. So, I really do think it's going to depend on how many cheapies come up in the center and also the wing fullback position. So really, there's two options here. More of them could mean you take more mid-tier players because you have a little bit more cash that you could use uh, in this in this level here. But also might mean you want to use that cash for those top guns as well and then jump on the mid-range guy that starts well and, and get him in sort of round two or three or something like that and uh, not take the, the round one risk. It's completely up to you on that one. There's going to be a lot of these guys that aren't going to be too of too much interest to you guys, but there's sort of eight guys I think I've got here that I, I think are going to be uh, someone that you want to have a look at, definitely, and, and potentially slot them in your side. And we'll kick it off with Christian Welch there at, at 615K. The average of 44.7. It's pretty well where he averages for the most part. He was well undervalued one of those seasons, uh, probably three years ago when we, we had, all had him, and he's been the same guy since. So a very consistent man. It's just going to be this or less uh, for him. Victor Radley. You look at him with a 44 average as well. He already plays 73 minutes. There's no real upside uh, even for sort of stretches of games. He seems to not sort of go 60 plus for a bit and then go really poor. It just seems to be up down each and every game. Dave Klemmer, 597. So a bit of a fall from grace from him at 43.4. I don't think he's the same player anymore. Just as a, my opinion on that. He dropped 12 minutes a game last season. 
and he had less attack. So this is one of those guys that people thought that he might have been, you know, he had that one good game and got some good minutes. And then people were like, ooh, you know, do we grab onto him? And I was kind of just, I just wanted to see more of it and it just never came. So I think that uh, he's one that you can just let go through to the keeper. Ruben Cotter, first man on the list we want to talk about. So 587, we'll look at it at his footystatistics.com as well. The average is 42.7, so super low. And uh, by the time you watch this video, you would have seen the, the Cowboys update as well. And we've got Scoop's thoughts on that. And you'll get a, a little bit of a deeper dive from myself right now. So for him, in 2022, he averaged 53 in 58 minutes. Last year, he averaged 46 in 58 minutes. So this is when you change it to games over 40, which I'll show you in a second. So that's a seven-point drop. And you look at it, and it's down four tackles and up one miss. So that is seven points in itself, really. You know, he makes that extra, he makes that extra tackle, and that's a, a three-point swing plus the four extra tackles that he... Actually, scratch that. It's going to be about a six-point swing. We'll, we'll go with that, considering he would make that extra tackle, Jamie, and not be down four tackles. But uh, his errors were up one point per game, so half an error per game on that one, which is pretty high, 0.4 to 0.9, which is pretty pretty wild, actually. Uh, so noticing the trend with the Cowboys between him and, and Robson with the, uh, with, the, with the missed tackles going up uh, and some of those errors as well, and a few of those just attacking stats slightly going away, but not really. Uh, with Robson, it was anyway, with his try scoring. Cotter actually scored a couple more tries than he did the year before. So do you believe in the Cowboys' discipline bounce back? That's going to be your big question mark coming into this season if you want to start with Cotter. And he's been in and out of my initial starting team uh, just based on the fact that he is so up and down. So you look at 2022 there, and it was it was pretty viewing, really. 52 in 57 minutes there. And majority of those games are pretty high minutes. You have a 38-minute off the bench in round 20, again, after Origin. And then you have sort of a 49-minute game up here where he picked up 52 anyway. So the 37 tackles and one miss is really, really telling when you look at 2023 for the 31.8 tackles for two misses a game. So both him and Robson really up on that front. Do you think that he can bounce back from that? Look, if you take out a couple of the, the lower-scoring games, then, then sure. Uh, and sorry, I should say lower minute games and the 35 minute interchange game there, you got the 48, the 25 minute and the 36. So you could take all them out and get him over the 50 minutes. And that's where you'd kind of want him to be, right? But still at that, it's a 48.6 and, and six points of value, which would be okay, right? But that means he's playing 60 minutes. And that's really what we hope that he plays. If he is to get the 60 minutes, then we'd like his discipline to turn around. You see here, when he played bigger minutes, he actually ended up missing two and a half tackles a game. So we'd like that to drop down to under two, and we'd like his tackle numbers to be up closer to that 40 mark. And I think if you can get that uh, with a little bit of a drop in his error count, which is very, very poor, actually, almost one per game for a middle forward, then you could definitely see a bounce back. So there's two things there that you need to look at. It's the minutes, if he can... Uh, sorry, it's, it's the discipline. And then, yeah, if he can get a couple or more minutes as well. But, but the main part is the the consistent minutes, and the improved discipline. So what are your thoughts on Kodak? Will he be someone that you look to pop in your side? The, the scoring there is really, really tough to look at because he scored three tries, and in those games, he went 59, 70, and he went a 53, which was solid enough, but you'd really hope for more again in that 65-minute game. That was the game where they got pumped by the Tigers. So there's going to be games like that up and down where uh, where things change for him. And he had that other game against the Tigers where the Cowboys smashed him in return and he played low minutes in that one. So very, very all over the shop. I don't see much of a downside with him. 
on a consistent sort of across the season or up until Origin basis. But you do have to look at him and go, well, he's going to miss this three games here, the 13, 16, and 19. He doesn't have any buys early on, which is cool. But, you know, you're really hoping that he comes out and, and knocks out a 50 average pretty comfortably. That's seven points of value, which is solid. Um, but that's up in the air as well. And you need that. And then you're going to be trading him out anyway. He's not someone that you can keep over that time. So Cotter is definitely an interesting one. And it's going to be a long video, guys. I'm sure it, uh, as I'm going through this, it's going to end up being very, very long. Utsuka Manu, so 587, 42.7, played 46 minutes a game, needs to be up at about 54 minutes, and then he can average about 50 points. But I just don't see the 54 minutes coming. Clemmer's already dropped minutes. I don't see much of a drop further from anyone else. So I think that's unlikely at this stage. You go to James Fisher-Harris next on the list at 584K, average of 42.5, and he lost three minutes a game in 2023. That likely stays the same. I would imagine, you know, three minutes is not a big loss, but there's small potential for a little bit of bounce back for him as he wasn't the same after his injury. So he started well, averaging well into the into the mid-50s there and then had the uh, had the knee injury and, yeah, it wasn't the same from there. So, yeah, he had a big, long stretch where he'd hit in the 30s and 20s pretty regularly. So there's definitely some upside. And, and the year before, he averaged uh, much higher at the 46, 47 range. So definitely about five points, but I just don't think that's enough when they've got enough guys that could come in and play roles in that side. Lindsay Collins at 583. The average is 42.4. So he received 56 minutes a game last year. The PPM is fairly low for him at that, obviously, at 49 in uh, 42 in 56 minutes. So I just don't think there's any more room for growth in his minutes and then obviously his points at that. Toby Rudolph, the 583K. You would have seen in my projections that I've got him as a as averaging a little bit higher with some some nicer minutes as well, just as a bit of a prediction based on him going off the drink. Let's see if he actually does that, obviously, as well. But played 51 minutes a game in 2022, and he actually averaged the same at 42.5. This last season, he had 43 minutes a game for a PPM of one. So does he get to a 50-minute-per-game player and keep that point points per minute of one? That's probably the big question mark with him coming into this. So it's all a bit of a guess and, and not really worth the, the, the punt unless you're a Sharks fan, really. Just Papali'i at 579. The mins and the points per minute drop for him was a much higher scorer. Again, that that mid to high 40s there, 49, I believe, in, in minutes that he got, I think, 48 minutes. Uh, I just don't see a bounce back in, in him either. Jared Wallace, he outperformed last season. Flegler comes over. Gilbert's back. Um, it's going to be the same with Nichols when you see him in a second at 42 average. Adam Elliott, 576 to 41.9. Coming off an injury in the preseason last year, he obviously came into the team late. It's the main reason to to look at him is that he had that injury in the preseason, and this in this preseason he doesn't. So given he had a stretch averaging over 50 points for the Raiders, that's why you look at him. But last year, when he played games over 60 minutes, he averaged 46 in that 66 minutes. So that only be four points of value, and I don't see any minutes upside on that, so it doesn't fill me with too much hope. For Adam Elliott. Taniela Paseca, he really grew into a solid player last year with no forwards in the rotation. I just don't see much room for growth with him getting close to that 50 minutes. There's not much room uh, up from that, in my opinion. Nelson Asofa Solomona. Mid and the edge duel is obviously nice. A 564, average 41. When he plays on the edge, sometimes he scores really, really well. And, and uh, that could make you fall for the trap because he then gets 25. Um, and he's kind of relying on, it, on one or two really good plays which he can get on that edge uh, but a lot of time he misses tackles and he's just too volatile to get the timing right so just let him go 
Jai Arrow, dual position as well, 557, average of 40. Likely to be full-time in the middle now with no real minutes upside. So we'll see what happens in the preseason if, if Duncan ends up getting put there, which we'll speak about him in a little bit, or if anyone else ends up on that edge. But I think either way, he's not going to get the huge minutes and he's already priced up. Jazz Tavanga there, same price, same average, stuck in a strong pack compared to yesteryear. I just don't see any upside with Kirk Cavewell coming over. Uh, they've obviously got Torkel Harris for, for big minutes as well, and Adam Fanua Blake for one more year. Murata Nikore going to go on the bench. It's just not going to happen for him like it uh, used to. Leo Thompson, same price, same average there at 40.5. So he played 47 minutes a game last year, and he took the leap up and scored really well. The thing there, the PPM, if it was close to the one, you might look at him, but even if he earned that extra five minutes, he wouldn't be worth it just because he'd be like a 43-type scorer, which wouldn't be enough. Connor Watson at 550, didn't play last year, so he's way too expensive for a bench guy that's not going to play huge minutes. How much does he take away from Smith is the bigger question that you need to look at with Connor Watson. Corey Waddell, dual position as well, 545. In that prediction video, I have him starting over Schuster as a bit of a, you know, how Mary out there one. On that edge, there's also a high chance that he's come over, they've brought him over to play in the middle. So if he's in the middle in that rotation, then he's already priced at 40, it's too high. So I think he needs a 70 to 80 minute edge roll to be relevant. Uh, based on his stats, it's a 45 type of average. And uh, yeah, I just don't think it'll happen anyway, even if he was to start, I just don't see the minutes there. With Schuster being around. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Scoring for him is way too volatile, even with the minutes. That that average of 39.5 for the minutes he plays, you can look at that and go, oh, that's so good. But he averages about 60 minutes, and that PPM is junk. Mark Nichols, 536, exactly what we said. With uh, Jared Wallace, with Flegler and Gilbert around, it's a no. Jolliffe, no upside for him at 39 average. He's going to be that guy somewhere around that 40. Mark could have games above, could have games below very easily. Kenny Bromwich at 529, he's definitely on the back end, so it's a no from me. May just have minutes off the bench. Daniel Saifidi, we keep thinking he'll step up. We keep talking about each preseason. I'm not going to talk about it all this year because Thompson took over instead. Dale Finucane at 514, he's at the back end of his career as well. I don't see any upside on him. Minutes maybe drop a little bit as well with Cam McInnes being the guy that uh, you know, stood up and, and really showed some importance and, and some you know, steel in the middle, which they really need, obviously. But Finucane brings that great experience and uh, your winning culture. Rodney Okoro, likely off the bench, guys. So, yeah, too expensive after starting last year. Flegler, the next guy on the list that we will talk about, given he uh, moves over from the Broncos there. So, at 513k, average is 37.3. You could see a little bit of value until you look at the numbers and you go, mm, maybe not. He's going to be the pack leader. He's got a PPM of 0.84. So, that has him needing about 53 to 55 minutes to make eight to nine points of value there. So, that's a lot of minutes, to be honest with you, and, and there's a high chance that he gets somewhere near the 50 mark, but above that, that's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a stretch, in my opinion. He say, as I said, there seems a stretch to get him there every week. Probably plays those minutes sort of every two to three weeks. So let's jump in and have a look at Flegs there at that average of 37.3. So if you look at 2022, for example, let's just go back. He averaged 38.8 in 43.8 minutes. So yeah, very similar output. Um, but the slightly lower minutes, if we're correct there, 40, uh, basically the same in those minutes. So a little bit less in 2023. And does that actually change when he gets that sort of extra seven minutes with that PPM? That's sort of five points of value. And I just don't think it's enough to kick things off. He has a buy in round three. Obviously, he has a, a lovely buy schedule, but that would, doesn't matter because he's going to be an origin guy. So I just don't feel like it's going to be worth it for him 
you want early points and early money gains from these type of mid-ranges. And I just think with a buy in round three, it's probably a no for Thomas Flegler there. The next guy, which we'll get to shortly, is uh, Josh Current. So that's Flegler, probably a no from me. Bromwich at 510k, average of 37.1, at tail end of his career as well. It's going to be low minutes for him. Lindsay Smith, 510k, average of 37.1, exceeding expectations in in mins available last year is how, what, I, what I wanted to pop down for him. He's obviously a workhorse there, but much of the same with a 0.9 PPM. That means he played 40 minutes a game, and I just don't see much else from him. Jordan McLean's a no, kind of a plotter for the cows. Uh, we love him, obviously, but uh, not for fantasy. Josh Curran, so the 501, the dual position, great news. Average is 33.8, but priced up into the 36 and a half range. So, yeah, that's annoying for a starter, but likely to play bigger minutes there. So when you look at him, he averaged 47 in 64 minutes across edge and middle in 2022. So either way, didn't matter on that one. And the minutes were, yeah, it's, it's reasonable. And if you look at a 47 average, that's uh, yeah, 13 points of value. In the edge, he averages 51. Lock average of 55 in 70 minutes. So easily just needs sort of 60 minutes to be an easy 45 plus guy um, without even sort of trying too hard there. So if he's named uh, named to start at lock or anywhere, lock him in very, very simply. Not much else to say on Josh Curran there. If you want to look at his at his stats, it, it, it's very, very nice reading. If you look at second row stats, even just say you include those low minute games, it's 51.6 in 74 and a half minutes. It's, it's incredible. The lock stats, 55 in 70 minutes, too easy. Even interchange, if he was to play off the interchange, but he got over 40 minutes, he's a 40 guy. So less value, but still five points of value, and that's in 53 minutes uh, off the bench and not in that starting role. So really, at worst, would he get 53 minutes? 55 minutes is still a 40, and it's a pretty easy one. Dual position guy plays each of that first one. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Seven rounds over buy in round eight. He plays 13, plays 16. It's just a knockout blow. Very, very easily there. Oh, can't wait to talk about Terrell, mate. What a man. Uh, Kevin Kamitha there, 495. Averages 36 in that one there. So he's going to be anywhere between a 35 to 40 guy. So you avoid at that one. All right, let's talk about Terrell May. All you have to do is look back at those couple of games of the final series. And I suppose the back end of the year and into the finals, sometimes people just get on a bit of a roll and they absolutely dominate. And you can see that a lot with the Titans when they finish well. You saw it with the the Manly boys when they finish well. But I think it's a different, really different kettle of fish when you're doing it in a final series. 
And you're looking at it here, and let's just go straight out with it. Jared Maria Hargraves was out. So their enforcer was out, and Terrell may slotted in that into that role perfectly off the bench. So in that second week of the finals, he scored no tries and got 84 in 56 minutes. So he's an offload king, a tackle bus king, and an absolute workhorse there. So yeah, that's a, that's probably all I had to say on that one, really. 56 in 54 minutes in the first week, he's an absolute beast. So as I said, granted he was out, but uh, you know Crichton played decent minutes off the bench in one of those games. He got 49. And uh, I think, you know, by the end there, he was well ahead of Egan Butcher where he was getting sort of low 20s minutes and he'd start for 20-odd and then May would play the majority of those minutes. So in my opinion, I think he's ahead of him and he should go into this season ahead of him as well as a really important player through the middle and one that when the Roosters were finally playing well, he was the guy that was, uh, you know, really helping him out. And with a team that struggles so hard at the start of the season, I just don't see a world where he doesn't play decent minutes and uh, you'll see here it doesn't need to be a hell of a lot of minutes to be super relevant so just remember he's at a 35.8 price slash average so you average that in 33.3 minutes last season in the regular season so obviously higher than that come finals in games he got over 30 minutes he scored 42.6 in 39 yeah in, in yeah sorry 42.6 in 39 minutes if you filter it to that which is great. That's obviously seven points of value there if he was to get 39 minutes, which is pretty low. If he gets 45 to 50 minutes, it's a slam dunk, sort of 50 average, right? Pretty comfortably there just based on his PPM. Now, the big question is, do they play him the same way they did at the end of the last season? All it takes is one injury, and I think they do. Obviously, with Warrior Hargraves coming back, how does that slot in? I think he loses. He doesn't play the mid-50s the mid minutes. He probably goes back into the 35 to 40 range, and that's a slight worry, obviously, but... He has all the upside in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably the big thing. So we need more info, please, Robbo. That's all we need. Anywhere around that 40 minutes, and I probably have to take him, right? Because he can absolutely take games away from him, and there's not really much up downside there if he was to get somewhere around that 40 minutes, but we need more info on Terrell May. So, yeah, you look at him him here. It's obviously just uh, yeah, mainly last season, a couple of games in 2022, but uh, for the most part there, he, he improved last year in, in 2023 there um, with those scores. So, yeah, a couple of big ones there at the end really is where you want to look at a 48 and a 55 minutes. He had a lot of, like, really solid scores earlier on. The 42 and 33 was cool, but it was his work late was big. 59 in 39, 54 and 41, the try in 36 minutes for 50, and a 48 in 51. So just works really hard. Hardly misses a tackle. He missed, what, six all season in, what, 14 games or whatever that is, 13 games. So... 21 makes, 0.4 misses, and then 100 meters gained uh, with plenty of offloads and plenty of tackle breaks. He's, he's a guy that you want to look at. It's a slightly awkward price, but he's uh, firmly on my radar at the moment. Tavita Totola, he's going to come up next. Uh, Hess is a no, just clearly. Totola there, 485, 35.3 is the average. So his career average, 40 points in 44 minutes. So there's already five points of value straight away with that one. In 2022, he was a 46 in 48 minute guy. And then in 2023, he was played the same minutes of 48. So that's consistency, which is good, but was dropped down to a 39 score. So seven points different on that. And that's where we get a lot of value. Obviously, the one uh, getting injured, getting concussed in that first minute of last season is a bit of a scary one, but he was fine ever since that. He did also have a, a knee injury as well uh, in, in 2023 early. I think not, you know, just as soon as he came back, it was just a bit of a, a, a shit show, to be honest with you. So. Really, in 2024, you'd expect somewhere in the middle of that. We're sort of anywhere between five 
to nine to ten points of value, really. You, 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 you could expect him to get somewhere around that 43, 44, like a little bit under 2022 when he played really, really good. But if he got 48 minutes in those two years in a row, there's no reason to expect that that drops coming into this year when he is coming into it fit and doesn't have a concussion, like coming in, coming back off concussion and a knee injury as well. So big news for, for Totola there. And all you have to do is have a look at his uh, 2022. And I know we'll, we'll, a lot of us will, will look back on this and, and hit and hope. But 64 and 64 minutes there, he had you know, 48 to 53, 45, 82, a low 127, but 77, 58, and then some mid 40s and a 55 to finish in really good minutes. So he can definitely do it. 2023 was the worry there. But really, when you're looking at it's a lot of consistent early 40 scores, and all he has to do there is, is be a little bit fitter and probably get the odd tackle break and the odd offload more, given they were at 0. 0.6 and 0. 0.1, where in 2022, they were two tackle breaks a game and he's not really much of an offloader so you're probably focusing on that extra tackle breaker game uh which would be which would work well and then those general those general minutes um and work ethic just because he's a little bit fitter coming into the season so that's to be to toll it's gonna be a fun ride um not too crazy upside but probably an easy an easy single or an easy double in baseball if you want to call it Bully Moore will say no, he's not going to get a start there. Hargraves, on the back end of his career, average 35, so it's still high enough, but a no. Emre Goulart, just not enough mins to go around in that Raiders pack now that uh, Smithies is there as well. That's another middle forward. Dylan Walker, same deal, not enough minutes to go around. Jack Williams at 477, the average is 34.7. So for him last year, the minutes were everywhere. He had a PPM of one, which is great. So when he played over 30 minutes, he averaged 40.7 in that 42 minutes that he got. So very close to that one PPM as well. But the question is, does he even get that with a full strength squad? So I think if you if you do lose a Finucane, if you do lose a McInnes or something like that, he could easily fall into that mould, which he kind of did at, at times last year and, and why he averaged 40 in those 42 minutes when he got him. So if that was the case, that's six points of value, which is pretty cool, but I just doubt he gets that from the start. But yeah, still a very interesting play uh, at that mid-tier. If he happens to get some low minutes at the, in the beginning, and gets around that 400k mark and then gets that 40 odd minute roll, then he could be a slam dunk sort of 10 plus points of value pick. So just keep him in your mind, I think. Mosley Oddard's a no. Boland, no. Molo, no. LOA, I went to have a look at him. I was like, oh, he scored well. 2022, not 2023. It's a no from me. On that one, Jason Tamalolo, we're in the home stretch, guys. We go all the way down to 400k on this one. Talis Duncan is our finisher. 468k, average of 34. Can you believe that Tamalola actually averaged 62 two years in a row in 2019 and also 2020? Absolutely wild. His average gets lower and lower each year. Dropped from 44 in 22 to 34 this year, just gone with six less minutes a game. So as a Cows fan, I really hope he bounces back. But how do you even have the balls to start with him, really, is, is, my, is my thoughts there. So you look at 2019, absolutely wild, a 61.7 in 64 minutes. 61.7 in 61 minutes, 48 in 59. So you see both dropping minutes and points. 2022 played a lot more games, but 44 in 54 minutes. And, you know, included 29 minutes at the end there. There was sort of some up and down games, 26, a 31-minute game. Uh, so if you were able to take them out, then then that improves things as well, obviously. At a 48 average and 14 points undervalued. But then 2023... The amount of times he did actually play over 40 minutes, so you know, 35 points a game in 50 minutes. So 
I don't see him playing any more than that 50 minutes, which is a bit frustrating. So, you know, even in games underneath that, sometimes he scored well and sometimes it was pretty poor there as well. So, yeah, not someone that uh, fills me with too much gusto at the moment. Two tackle breaks a game, 0.2 an offload, 140 metres and 20 tackles. We know he's been a low tackle man, but and he would make points with his, uh, you know, his tackle busting, which was three points back in the day. So... For me, it's a no with Tamalolo. If you just expect some type of bounce back and you hear he's in the best shape he has been in his three years or something, then then you could take a punt. But I just think it's an absolute no, in my opinion. All right, we'll get to Matt Lodge in a second. Stone's a no. Jensen, interesting one. Potentially like four to six points of value with sort of five to eight minutes bump. But I just don't think that's enough because he, he can definitely get into the, early, uh, in the, into the mid-40s averages in terms of minutes there. And that would help him out and get him closer to a 38, 39, 40 average, but just wouldn't be enough, I don't think. Um, and Baker could come in and just take those minutes anyway, or Hetherington, something like that. All right, Matt Lodge, very interesting player. Well, I get in and have a look at him. No one's spoken about him yet, but he averaged 42.6 in 42.9 minutes. So basically a point a minute last year in games over 30 minutes. He's the pack leader at Manly. We saw what happened, which I'll get into those stats now. He's definitely someone you've you got to consider because we saw what happened when he came over to that side last year. So he got all the way through to, you know, Roosters in, in round 15 he was playing for. Had a bunch of weeks off. When he moved to Manly, when they needed a forward, he got 57 in, off the bench in 53 minutes and absolutely went nuts with, with tackle breaks and offloads there. 154 metres gain. Did give away a couple of penalties because he was going crazy. 49 then in 45 minutes. And again, four tackle breaks and offload. Worked really, really hard in that one. Um, and no missed tackles, but three missed tackles the game before, and then got eight in eight minutes before getting injured, unfortunately, um, with his knee injury. So, look, if he is back fit and firing, he could definitely be their pack leader and average really well. So that's a you know a mid-50s average across those two games. But again, we don't really want to have to expect that. The main issue with him is you look at 2022, and it was 36 in 43 minutes, right? If we extrapolate that out to the minutes that he played, in those couple of games there at uh, 45 and 53, then you could get him sort of closer to a high 30s, like a 39 average over a season is probably the worry. Like, can he do it regularly? 46 in 51 minutes in 21. That is a few years ago now, three years it's going to be. So you're really relying on sort of that couple of games for Manly in 2023 and his 2021 season because 2022 wasn't too much shot. The minutes were pretty good at 51. If you could get anywhere near that with his sort of, PPM over his career at 0.9, I believe it is, 0.89 there, then you're looking at somewhere in the 40s, and that's close to 10 points of value, and you'd be silly not to look at him, especially with the run that he's got. You get him all the way to around 13. You could hold him for that if that worked out, and he, and he plays 16 and 19. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're thinking a, a well of, a long way ahead for someone of uh, Matt Lodge's caliber, that's for sure. But, hey, it's an interesting one, that's for sure. Isaiah, Isaac Liu, he's a no for me. Hame Sele. I look at him, 36 in 42 minutes is what he averaged last year when he got a little, when he got decent minute games outside of his injury affected. So maybe a five-minute bump, but I still don't think that's enough from there, from that 40, 42 to maybe 46, 47 minutes. Maybe gets into a 38, 39 kind of uh, you know point system with his PPM at, what, point eight something. So yeah, it's probably all right. Five to seven points of value, but is that enough? Probably not, unless he became, like Flory got injured or something and he had to play big minutes, then maybe. 
But until then, I think it's a no. Molo's a no. Saifidi's a no. Tom Burgess a no. Kurt Mann. So for him there, 31 in 42 minutes is what he did last year. It's probably what he gets this season at a maximum. So not much more to say on him. He's just going to take away from others, I think, even though I like him. Griffin Neem, no. No, don't. Fatala Marada, no. Satili Tupanua, likely going to be bench. Last year, in the two starts that he had at the edge, he got 29 in 54 minutes. So that is just a no anyway, even if he was to get named as a starter, dual position. Kepi is a no, moving to the Rabdos. I think you know, there's less minutes available than they were at Manly. Uh, we'll say no to Offengawe, no to Hamlin Nueli, and no to Marty Tapao. Talis Duncan. So we can see last year, plenty of attack in him. So he's oozing in talent. He, his two breakout games may have ruined his price. So he had the 52 in 31 minutes and 52 in 36. So it shows that he can do great things. But he's averaged at 30 now. He's priced at that 30. So with those minutes, for the most part, as we'll see in a sec, it's going to be hard for him to get past the 30 to 34 average, even with some of those bigger games, which we'll see. There's a little bit of talk of him moving to the edge which would just make him a no-brainer purchase. Anything over sort of 50, 60 minutes and at that price, I think you'd have to go for it with his ability to score tries, make breaks and the like. If he's just on the bench with no knowledge on the role, then it's likely a bit of a wait and see. So we'd have to find out if there was some some knowledge around his role. You see those games last last season there, 13 and 18 minutes, 13 and 19 minutes. Those PPM games aren't great. 35 and 36 and 31 in 39 are both fairly solid, especially that 35 one and then a 14 in 26 uh, in that last game. So the main worry is that if he's off the bench, he gets somewhere around that 30 minutes on a weekly basis, 35 maybe, if you're lucky. They do have Silva Havili back. Uh, they do lose Jaime Sele. So if he was to take Sele's role at around that sort of 40 minutes, then that would be fine. I think that would be worth popping him in your side at 40 minutes, or if he's on the bench. They're the two that you need to think about, I think, with Talis. But until we find a little bit more out of uh, coach and out of the team, then I think Talis is one of those guys that we can just let go for now and then find out and see in those first couple of games. And if he does well, you could bring him in at 450 or something. Like it's not a not a big issue. All right, let's finish things off. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking around for the entirety of the video. If, if you have stuck around for the entire, entire of the video, 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 let me know uh, in the comments if you did. So thank you for that. Best options for points and value, Josh Curran. He's got the dual, uh, dual GP. He's got the DPP. I need to. I need to be done with this video, don't I? DPP and a high chance for the lock roll. And if he does, it's a ten to fifteen points of value, very very comfortably. So he's number one on the list as sort of the safest option. Terrell May I like as number two, just because I think he has the highest upside out of all these guys. So if he he has the PPM, he just needs to roll um, anywhere between zero and fifteen points of value. Whereas Karen, I think, is very very safe. Totola. Definitely could bounce back anywhere between 2 and 10 points of value, in my opinion. Cotter, it's about the minutes and also the discipline from him, anywhere between 2 and 10 points of value. Matt Lodge, the pack leader, is he a is he a guy that you could just slot in and get close to that 10 points of value? So 5 to 10 points for me, uh, but have him as fifth best option. And then Talis Duncan in there, the role and the men's uncertainty. He could be a guy that has 15 points of value. He could be a guy that probably has 0 to sort of 3 or 4 points of value. And we won't know for a little bit. Um, but hopefully we do find out fairly soon. And, uh, well, at least before round one would be nice. But, uh, yeah, thanks for being at this mid-range middies video, guys. Let's see how many of these guys actually have some value. I really appreciate you being here, and we'll catch you in the next few videos. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 